Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. All right, here we go. Uh, My name is Rachel Turner. I'm one of the team here and uh, I'm excited. I get to kick off the new sermon series. Now, first of all, I have to apologize to Ella because I downloaded it wrong off Canva. So she picked a really cool font, and it didn't work. And so that's not the font she chose, and I just feel like I need to defend her integrity as a designer. That is not the font she chose, okay? So we're stuck with the non-font. I apologize. I, pu- I publicly apologize to you. Right. We are doing a five-week series on Psalm 23, uh, which is, the Lord is my shepherd, that one. Uh, because we all sort of know it. It's one of those ones that I find as Christians that when you sort of hear Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, we sort of glaze over on that one because we're like, I know this one. And we get bored fast. And so uh, we're going to delve into it because it's actually one of those foundational texts that can be so helpful in so many circumstances in life. We want to really chew it over together. So for the next five weeks, we are going to be looking at Psalm 23. And just in case you're like, I've never heard of Psalm 23, read it to me. I will. So uh, I'm going to read it to you. Um, And uh, again, the font, sorry. Uh, Psalm 23 is this. I forgot I can read it off of that, but I can't. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, this is in the NIV version. Some of you will have learned it in the New King James. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down at that one, uh, which is so I apologize. I had a big emotional struggle of which one we should use. We went for the NIV, but you can like the one that you like. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is such a classic uh, passage, and I find it interesting because when we think about the idea of shepherds and sheep, this is your like your go-to thing. You got this one. Uh, but shepherd and sheep and this whole idea is mentioned over 40 times throughout Scripture. God is really keen on this analogy. Uh, in the Old Testament, He uh, talks about how he himself, God, the Father, is a shepherd. Um, One of the examples is this one right here, um, where we, there we go. Uh, In Ezekiel, he says, I myself, speaking as God the Father, um, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. God himself is saying, I am a shepherd. He loves this analogy of saying, this is who I am, and this is who I will be for you. Uh, God also talks about 
putting uh, leaders in place who will be shepherds. He really likes this analogy. For instance, in this verse here in Jeremiah, I will set shepherds over them who will shepherd them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing. He's really keen on this. Jesus pulls on this good shepherd analogy in this one. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. It appears this whole shepherd sheep thing is a thing for God. And so therefore it's worth us swimming in it for five weeks because it's really important that we get this. This isn't just, hey, here's one passage that talks about it. This appears to be a long-term analogy that's important for us to get. And so we're going to talk about it. Now, when God and Jesus and Ezekiel and Jeremiah talk about um, the shepherd thing, it was a very understandable analogy at the time. There were sheep all around all the time. It was part of what they saw every day. I had never seen a sheep before I moved to the UK. I'm from Southern California. They don't just hang around. Do I have any other Californians in the room? No. See, we live in a random desert on the beach. It, there's no sheep just hanging out with sunglasses on a beach, okay? So I came over to the UK on holiday, and we have hours of handheld camcorder video of me and my dad jumping out of moving cars going, there's a sheep! And we're running, and we're talking to them, and we're like, oh my gosh, a live sheep! Like we had never seen them before in my life. When I moved to Wales... I could see sheep from my bed, and it was so exciting. It was, they looked just like that. These are not photos that I took, but they looked just like that. Sheep in these green, beautiful fields, and they were absolutely gorgeous. And so when I read any shepherd passage, this is what I picture. Really happy, fat sheep standing on, you know, waist-deep grass. And, uh, and the shepherds who, like, show up, and they open a gate, and they go, hoop, hoop, and they walk behind him, and the sheep are like, mm, fine. And then they sort of mosey into the next field and then just sit and eat and enjoy themselves. And so in my head, I had sort of pictured shepherding as a very uh, lead from the back, just move the sheep to the next place where they can get fat. It sort of, to me, in human terms, looked like this. That's me, the sheep. And I sit there, and the shepherd delivers me the stuff that I need. Uh, it is a picture of a man sitting on a couch with a plate of food on his chest and just using his tongue to eat things, which I have in various stages of my pregnancy participated in. Uh, it's amazing what you can do laying down. Uh, and I sort of had pictured, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord will bring to me the stuff that I need so that I can just lay there like a fat sheep in a green field and enjoy myself. That's God's job. He's the shepherd to make sure that he brings me everything, I, all the good things that I need, because that's what I saw in the sheep on the hills. They'd sit there, the shepherd would come, give them stuff, bring them water, and then they'd mosey to the next one. That is not the image of a shepherd in Middle Eastern times. 
well, even now, I mean, the geography hasn't changed. But the, that, the image of shepherds at the time is not waist-deep grass where sheep sit there. There is a whole other thing that we've got to wrap our brains around if we're going to understand it. Because these are the green fields of the Israel pack. It looks slightly different. Shepherding is not how we picture it. It is a, a sparse, rocky, dirt um, fields. And so what I want to talk to you about today is how we understand Middle Eastern shepherding and what God was really saying through it. Because it's not, I'm going to bring you to a place, you're just going to sit, and I'm going to bring you stuff so that you don't have to move. Which sometimes on my bad day, I'm like, God, why haven't you provided me everything that I want right now without me having to do anything? It's not the shepherding that we're called to. In this, it looks really, really different because everything a sheep needs is not on your front door. A sheep cannot exist in nature here and flourish without a shepherd. A sheep needs a shepherd, or else a sheep will stay in one location, eat up everything that's in it, get a disease, not find water, and die. A shepherd is the one who knows where the water is. A shepherd is the one who knows where the good fields are. A shepherd is the one who knows what season you're in and where you need to go. And a shepherd is required so that a sheep can flourish. You can have a bad shepherd who neglects the sheep, or you can have a great shepherd who, t- who takes care of everything. But it doesn't mean that they bring the stuff to the sheep. It means they bring the sheep to where the flourishing is. And that's a whole different relationship. And so there are three things that shepherds in this environment do. The first thing is that they provide their presence and protection. Okay? In these fields, in this kind of grass... We don't, they don't have the nice little like stone walls that we have here. You know, like we're like, here, here's some sheep. You have four walls. Enjoy. And they stay within it and they're protected. In this wilderness, the sheep are just like out there um, exposed to bears and, and cats and predators and things that will eat it and kill it and pick off the weak. They are just out there. They don't just get to hang out and are like, my natural sheep ninja skills will defend me. Sheep don't have a defense against predators who want to kill and maim them. They need the ever presence of a shepherd whose job it is, is to defend and protect the weak and helpless when they're exposed. The sheep, shepherd doesn't be like, bye, I'll come back in six hours. The shepherd is always present, always vigilant, always watching. When we say the Lord is my shepherd, we're not talking about a guy who comes back, checks on you. You okay? You need any more snacks? Okay, great, and leaves. The Lord is our shepherd. When he claims to be a shepherd, he says, I am ever vigilant. I am standing guard. I am ever present with you. In the places of danger and vulnerability, I watch your back and I stand over you and I see what's coming and I defend you without you even asking because I am the shepherd. His presence and protection is guaranteed. That is his heart for us. When you look at these shepherds, they're, they're not sitting down. They are standing up. They are looking around. They're keeping track. They're figuring it out. The sheep can always look back and see the presence of the shepherd. The second thing 
that uh, the shepherd does is he gives care and provision. Now, this is what I find interesting. Care and provision, bring me the snacks. What he says is, I know where the stuff is. You're going to follow me, and we're going to go to where, what you need, which is a really different process because in those environments, you don't just bring them to a place and say, enjoy. What they need is they need movement. They need for me to know where the fields are. In the winter, they went to the, um, the low, warm place. Hold on. In the winter, yes. In the winter, they went to uh, the lower places where there was greener grass and the warmer areas. In the summer, they had to go to the higher stuff because it's cooler up there on the cool side of the hills. The shepherds knew all of the right places to take them. And so they had to take them and walk them because you don't see just like, here's your patch and joy. What you have to do is you have to take four steps, find some grass by a rock, nibble, take three steps this way, find a thing, nibble. You need to be on the move to find the provision that God was bringing you and God was going to take them on the path the sheep the shepherds take them on the path of provision it's not just all provided it's not just one location that you arrive at and now we get to flourish the provision is on the journey he knows the shepherd knows I say he, but a lot of the shepherds were women just want to say uh, a lot of shepherds were women and so the shepherd Uh, male or female at the time, uh, also knows where they like water because sheep evidently get freaked out by water. They're like, I'm so thirsty. And then they come to a stream with flowing water and are like, "Mm, scary, don't want it, don't like it. So if the water looks like it's moving, the sheep are thirsty and freaked out. So the shepherds have to make little like side channels so that the water can be still so that the sheep can drink it because they're kind of freaked out by movement. But you don't see a lot in, in the scripture of like sheep are stupid and they need things. What you see is a compassionate shepherd who says, I know how sheep like the water. And so I will bring you to those still waters because that's the kind of water you like. Um, there is a shepherd who understands the vulnerability and fear of the sheep. I think it's beautiful. He gets the nature of the sheep and rather being judgmental, the shepherd cares and provides for the vulnerability of the sheep. I love that. Uh, The sheep also know that, uh, the shepherd also knows that sheep get lost all the time. Uh, They just wander on off. uh, And uh, when they wander, they get freaked out. Again, they're quite vulnerable. And so what they do, what I love, is they don't go, I'm a sheep. I have a natural sense of direction, and I shall find my way back. Uh, What they do is they go, oh, no, hug a tree. And so they go hide someplace because they're like, I'm vulnerable, Um, which is like the opposite of what you're supposed to do if you get lost. Like if you get lost, you'd never tell a five-year-old, if you get lost, go hide in a small place. Good luck. (laughs) But they do. They're like, ah, and so then they go hide. And then if the shepherd, when the shepherd notices that the sheep is missing, then the shepherd has to go back and track where they walked and go find it. And where would a sheep hide in this moment and find a vulnerable little sheep and pick it up and carry it? Because often they're too scared to walk. So the shepherd throws it on the shoulders and brings it back to the flock. The shepherd hunts us down in our fear and paralyzation to bring us back. Uh, In this care and provision, I also find it fascinating that sheep get bugs, which I did not know about, was not fun researching. I had photos, chose not to put them here. 
You're welcome. Uh, but they get bugs that like eat at their eyeballs and like dig into their skin and stuff. It's not great. It torments them. They, they get driven crazy. They bang their heads on walls. And the shepherd watches for what torments the sheep and pours oil over it and digs out those things. Sometimes it's painful to dig out the bugs and to clean the, the places that need cleaning. But the, the shepherd proactively roots out what torments the sheep to provide health to the sheep. The care and provision of a shepherd is proactive And it is caring and accepting of where the sheep are. But it doesn't say you get to stay in this state. The shepherd causes the flourishing by his care and provision. And the last thing the shepherd provides, well, not the loads, but the last thing I want to talk about today in my 25 minutes is guidance. The sheep can't find the healthy water. If they're left on their own, they will find polluted water and drink it until they die. In order to find good fields and healthy water, they need a shepherd who says, I know where these places are, and I will guide you to them safely. And what I find really interesting about the difference between British shepherdy people and Middle Eastern shepherdy people is that often you'll see, and I'm not claiming to be a British shepherd expert, um, But from what I see is they tend to either have a sheepdog, excellent, or lead from the back, sort of like, you know, they do that thing. My kid used to go to a a farm for, like, nursery, and they would just use them as cones, which was hilarious to watch, like, 23-year-olds standing in a field like this, and the shepherd from behind would just sort of run the sheep at these toddlers, and the sheep would be like, whoa, that's weird, and sort of would get funneled by all these bodies into the next gate. And so they sort of ran them from the back. You just sort of shoo them towards where they need to go, and it'll be fine. In these kind of fields, they don't lead from the back. They lead from the front, and the sheep follow them. You'll see these. I have all these videos of, like, shepherds just, like, walking like this, and a whole bunch of sheep just, like, randomly following along. And they follow along, not just from what they see, but they follow according to the voice. And so when you see videos of shepherds in the Middle East, you hear them calling and singing and talking because the sheep recognize the voice. So much so that when they come to places of water, sometimes you'll have multiple shepherds with multiple sheep and they all mix up. Like, you know, all the sheep aren't like, excuse me, you're not with us. So they all sort of like mix together. And you think, well, how are you going to pull your sheep out of this mix of like four people's, you know, things? And you know what they do? It's amazing. This little 12-year-old steps back and is like, and walks. And all of a sudden you see 12 sheep go, okay. And they bail. And they walk. And the ones, the, the shepherd calls out. And the 12 are called out from the flock to follow the shepherd that they have. Because they know the voice so well. They're not going to follow someone else's voice. That's the voice of provision. That's the voice of care. That's the voice of guidance. And they follow the voice. If God is our shepherd, then he has not only promised to care for us and protect us, but he's promised to guide us. Not just every once in a while, not when you reach a crossroads, not you're like, I'm going to figure it out by myself and then I don't know what to do. Okay, God, give me a moment that has a sign. Great, I don't need you now to the next crossroads. But in actual ever-present guidance of this is where the food is, this is where the water is, this is where the flourishing is, we're going to stop for a minute because he got freaked out. This is an ever-present 
moment guidance for each season because each path is different. It's not like they do the same one. They go out to a different place every day and every season goes to a different location because the shepherd knows where the flourishing is and it's not the sheep's job. The sheep's job is to follow and to allow yourself to be cared for. And so when we look at this verse, I'm just talking about verse one today. When we look at the Lord as my shepherd, I lack nothing. There's some power in that statement. It's not just a nice thing that's like, oh, bless, isn't it great that God likes me? There is a powerful promise. And the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And you can say it in lots of different ways. There was one thing, it was like BBC, where they said to be or not to be. And they all pronounced it differently, and it all meant something different. You can say this verse in lots of different ways, and it emphasizes different things. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. When I say it like that, it makes me consider that the God who has promised to root out what torments me and help me find still water to flourish because I'm too freaked out by the other kind is the God of the universe, who is the Lord of all things. Who wants to spend his time taking care of me. That makes no sense. The Lord is my shepherd. Surely he's got better things to do than stand over me while I eat. Evidently not. You could say it. The Lord is my shepherd. And I find that one really interesting. Because that is the context of relationship and belonging. Those sheep belong to that shepherd. And that shepherd belongs to those sheep. There is a sense of relationship that is so powerful when you consider it. And it kind of gets me here. Because... The reason the sheep can flourish under that shepherd is they're committed to being shepherded and they're open to being shepherded. You don't see a lot of rebellious sheep. (laughs) who are like, no, I don't want to go that direction. You can take your water and shove it. No, they... They are part of it. Now, there, there is some writing. There's a book that's written by a, a, a shepherd um, about this, which I've, I've been really enjoying. And he says there are sometimes rebellious sheep who will go off. And, and what will happen is some sheep will follow them. And, and then the shepherd has to decide. There is a sheep who does not want to be shepherded by me. And it's beginning to affect how the flock. And therefore, discipline has to happen. And at some point, A cutting off needs to happen because the shepherd will not tolerate something messing with the flourishing of the of the flock. We all have a choice. The God God is not like, I'm gonna shepherd you whether you like it or not. There is an acceptance of the shepherd, an acceptance and a surrender to the shepherd's guidings, care, provision. Uh that is important. We we have a choice. You can choose to be shepherded. Or you can choose to say, no, thank you. Do you want to be shepherded? Do you want to be led? Are you willing to submit yourself to the hands of the shepherd who says, you're being tormented by this? Let's deal with it. Are you willing to 
leave in the morning and for God to say, I'm going to take you to a place of flourishing and it's going to be a little bit of provision and a little bit of provision and a little bit of provision. And you may never get to that beautiful green field where you can finally forget the shepherd and get on with just feeding yourself happily. And the last thing is this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. That's a big statement when we can't necessarily afford to heat our house the way we want to heat our house. Or when we are on our fourth grief of the term and we were like, where is all of this fantastic making my life easy? I find it a, a, a submissive statement and a truthful statement to say, I trust my shepherd And I lack nothing. I lack nothing that I need for this season. Because I have his peace. I have his guidance. I have his love. I have his eyes on me and his hand on my back. I lack nothing. Because what the shepherd who has our good in in his mind wants for us is not always what I want. I really do want to sit on that couch with a plate of food on my (laughs) lap. I want that life. (laughs) which I would suggest is not maybe the path of flourishing for me. I lack nothing. The path of a Christian life is not the easy one. All of these disciples, all of Jesus' disciples, the one who got to see him live and in person, church tradition tells us most of them died, persecuted, martyred, deaths, and did shipwrecks and prison and stuff. Signing up to being shepherded by Jesus is not like, whoo, now I can finally have it easy. What you have is you finally have it good. And you finally have it flourishing. In this world, we will have trouble. But we have a shepherd who has promised to protect us, to give us his presence, to care for us, to guide us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And so, in some ways, I just want us to chew that over. When you read that statement, what hits you today? Is it the Lord and just understanding who he is? Is it the question of him being my shepherd and his timing might not be my timing, but my job is to submit myself to the beautiful, caring leadership of a God who will take me to the provisions and who will seek my good? Is it that you're still wrestling with the I lack nothing and you have a way you want to be shepherded? And actually you need to stand and say, I lack nothing. Show me all of the things you have given me, God. And, and be able to see better the shepherding that he has given you. A lot of scripture is important to meditate on and chew over. I call it chewing it over. And one of the ways you chew something over is to memorize it, to let it be in there. Because I find when I'm really upset and uh, have to go sit on the floor of my bathroom, which is, as you know, my place where I connect with Jesus, uh, it's my like, oh, it's serious. I'm turning on the shower and sitting on the floor of the bathroom now. Uh, 
and uh, when I do that and I sit on the floor, then I'm like, God, what are you saying? And I have too many emotions to be able to actually accurately remember anything. And the, most of the things that come to my mind are the, the verses that I have memorized because they get past my emotion and my ability to find stuff. And it comes out of the deep places of my mind. And so one of the things I would suggest is that as we chew this stuff over, we're going to go verse by verse. And it's something that I would love for us as a church to do, to, to try to memorize this thing. Because when you are sitting there in your car, deciding what you're feeling, you want to be able to say, out of the depth of your bones, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And to chew that with God. And so what we've done, because we love you, is um, Ella again, has designed these um, postcards. There are three different kinds of postcards that you can um, put on your three different designs because, you know, we know not everyone likes the same thing. So uh, we have three different postcards that have Psalm 23 on it. And we'd really encourage you after the church to come up and grab one or two. It's okay. And put them places in your home that you can just chew this over for the next five weeks and memorize it one verse at a time. Just put it in there. Say it every day. And let that get into it. Because as we memorize scripture, God ends up having really interesting conversations with us about it. And so I think what I'm going to do, I think I'm going to hand it to you and you can lead some stuff. Well, because you had some other stuff you were thinking about. Um, so I'm, I'll kick us off and I'll give you some time to think. Teamwork. Um, and so... What I'd, I'd love for us to do just beginning is to think about that, because I think I've said enough to, to poke it through. Would you mind, David, would you mind going back to one of the pictures of the, sh- of the shepherd and the sheep, please? Yeah, just pick the one you like. And I just want to give us some time. Um, Hannah, if you wouldn't mind coming to the team. And we're just going to give you some time with some music just to talk to God about this because I think there's, there's sometimes just our heart gets stirred and then we think, well, now I need to go home and have lunch. And I just want to give us some time with that um, because this stuff can get really deep when we talk about are we willing and are we submitting and who do we um, allow Lord of our lives. And so I'm going to pray and I'm just going to give us some time and then we'll see what God does. God, I just thank you <laughs> that from the beginning of time, since before the beginning of time, you decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make shepherds and sheep because I think this is going to be really helpful to people. I love how your brain works. <laughs> well, not your mind. You. I love how you work and how you know how we need something to look at and, and chew over and understand. And you provided us this little relationship between a shepherd and their sheep for us to understand the depth of care and guidance and provision and protection and presence that you give us. God, I'm sorry when I, when you, the perfect shepherd, the good shepherd, come before me. And I say, nah, thanks. I I think I know better. I just want to repent of that when when I reject the good shepherd for the wisdom of the sheep. God, I pray that you would teach us how to fully be your sheep, 
that you may fully be our shepherd. God, some of us really need your presence and protection right now in the season. We need to know that where we are, you are standing guard over us and that you are watching for dangers behind us. We need to know your presence in the midst of the season. That ever presence of you we need. And if that's you, just talk to God about it. Chat to him in your own mind. God, some of us, some of us have tried to be part-time sheep and only want your guidance when we want it and to sort of use you as a sort of shepherd vending machine. And God, I pray that you would really teach us how to be sheep because we need that. I pray that you would, um, right now, show us in our mind any barriers that we have put up to fully accepting you as our shepherd. Some of it is fear. Some of it is worry. Some of it is trust. You'll never experience the fullness of a shepherd until you're ready to be the fullness of a sheep. He's a good shepherd. He said it for thousands of years. And for some of us, we're getting tripped up over this I lack nothing thing. God, I pray that you would show us a vision of flourishing rather than of holding onto what we have. Pray that you would raise a level of faith within us. Change our expectations of comfort. That in whatever season we are in, we can stand and say, I have the God of the universe as my shepherd. I lack nothing. You provide for so much more than our physical needs, God. And I thank you that you are the shepherd of the wholeness of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing.